Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Come on this morning, if you are believing God to do something in your life in 2022, then give Him a praise like Jesus is risen from the grave and that your breakthrough 2022 is on on your way. Come on. This is your year where God is going to do something great and something extraordinary in your life in the Name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to TBN, TBN, Year 2, One Gospel. Praise TV, Facebook Live, YouTube, CRC Online Radio, Correctional Facilities, people all over the world. Come on, let's give them all a hand clap and a welcome here from Tuane, South Africa, in Jesus' Name. I want you to lift your hands this morning. If you've never raised your hands, you can. It's okay. There's no restriction here this morning. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I want you to ask God whatever it is that you want to ask Him. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So I don't know what you are facing, what you're going through. I don't know what your losses were. I don't know what is stinking in your life. But we are in a season, I believe, where God is wanting to build and activate the faith of His people for what is to come. So you're standing in the presence of God this morning, whatever it is that you are believing God for, the salvation of your husband, your son, a miracle in your body, healing, a touch. There can be no neutral ground when we come into the presence of Jesus. Please ask Him for whatever it is that you have to ask Him. Ask Him. Bible says you have not because you ask not. You receive not because you ask amiss. If we ask anything according to His will, we know that God hears us and we know we have the petitions. What is it that you are believing Jesus for this morning? Ask Him. There in TBN land, one gospel land, ask Him. Ask Him. In Jesus' name. If you believe God heard you this morning, give Him a praise offering. Hallelujah. Come on, say, this is my year of victory and freedom. Give Him one more praise in this place. Hallelujah. Please take your Bibles. Welcome to the many thousands there in Bloemfontein, Bloemfontein South, Bloemfontein North, Valcom churches all over with us this morning. I want to continue to build your faith this morning, if that is okay. Um, I greeted some of you this morning and I can see that you have big muscles. So uh, we wanted to have big faith muscles so we can receive what God has for us. I want you to open your Bible to Matthew chapter 8. And I want to look at one day in the life of Jesus. And I want to speak about, is healing God's will for you? For your spirit, your emotion, your soul, 
and your body. Because in December, God spoke to me by the Holy Spirit and said there are too many people that are accepting the defeat that I do not intend for them to have. People are not walking in full redemption. So I know that there's gonna be a great move of God, but we first have to answer some things and talk about does God still heal today? And how does God heal? I'm gonna give you 10 ways. And I wanna say one of them are doctors, amen. Hallelujah, I said one of them are doctors, okay. And I'm gonna give you many scriptures to prove to you that going to see your doctor is not unspiritual. It might just be your pathway to healing. I think when we talk about signs and wonders and miracles, very often people think that God doesn't use doctors. I want all the doctors and all those in the medical profession to stand to your feet in all our churches right now quickly. Just stand to your feet, everybody, come on, stand. Stand, 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 stand. Come on, all of you, we honour you, we love you. And we pray that you will be instruments of healing. That your hands will bring healing to the sick. In the name of Jesus, we honour you. We recognise God's calling upon you and God's grace. And that God is going to work through you to bring healing to the sick and the hopeless in Jesus' Name. Amen. So um, my job is to pray for the sick. My job is not to be a doctor, although I Googled, that doesn't make me a doctor. So when we move into the area of the power of God and we begin to cast out devils and I lay hands on the sick, don't ever think that I do not recognize the medical profession. I think more, many people would have been alive today if they had gone to doctors. And I think others would have been alive if they came to church for prayer. <laughs> so we need to have understanding. And whether it's relational, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's emotional, you need to find God's pathway to healing. Are you listening to me this morning? It's not one size fits all. And miracles are but one of them. So in Matthew chapter 8 verse 1, the Bible says, When He, Jesus, had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed Him. So guess what? Look today, there's a multitude, yeah? There's a multitude in Bloemfontein. So when Jesus shows up, there'll be a multitude when I fly to Johannesburg. Because Jesus, when Jesus is in a place, a multitude shows up. Amen. And behold, a leper came and worshipped Him. I don't miss next Sunday morning because I'm going to talk to you about worshipping God in your brokenness. And your greatest breakthrough will come when you are at your most broken and at your lowest place in your life. Saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can. Two words, willing and can. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus put out His hand, touched Him and He said, I am willing. Now I'm not an English um, a scholar by no means. I'm an Afrikaner doing my best to speak English, but I know that I shall and I will are two affirmative statements, very positive, and they leave, there's no doubt when you say, I will. No question. Why do I say that? Because faith can only operate where the will of God is known. So this, this man who's a leper does not doubt God's ability. We've spoken about this. But he doubts whether God is willing. The age-old debate in religious circles still today. Is God still able? 
to heal cancer? Is God still able to restore a relationship? Is God still able to save a lost soul? Is God still able today? Is He still a miracle worker today? And then of course, the other one is people say, is God willing? Because people don't have the knowledge of what God's will is and we have to talk about it before we see God move and operate in our midst. What is God's will concerning your life? Concerning your finances, concerning your situation, concerning your depression that you've been facing for 10 years. What is God's will? We know God is able to heal you, but is God willing? And how can you experience the life, the abundant life that Jesus chose for you? Let's not forget, it's the Bible, not CRC. In John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. I have come that you may have life. That word life is zoe, life the way God intends for you to have life and have it more abundantly. That word abundantly means superior in quality, super abundant in quantity. That's not a CRC doctrine, that's a Jesus doctrine. So God wants you poor no more. Say amen if you believe it. Give the Lord a praise in Jesus' Name. Hallelujah. Too many people accept what is happening and they don't stand in faith to change their circumstances. So Jesus touches him then down to verse number five. The Bible says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said what? I will come and heal him. Is that in your Bible? One chapter. I will. <laughs> so what's God's will for your life? He, he wills for you to be free. He wills for you to live in victory. He wills for you to experience abundance in every area of your life. We're gonna talk about it and prove it from God's Word. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak a word only, the word. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Doubt cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of the world, by your friend, by unbelief, by religion. So we have to know what the word of God says. We have to understand the will of God because that's where faith operates from. So he says, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. How many of you need healing in some area of your life? Okay, it, 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 doesn't, mean you, you're not, it doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. The fact that you are here this morning means that you are glorifying God in spite of. Like that woman that was bowed with the spirit of infirmity for 18 years. She came to church every single Sunday and she worshiped God in spite of her sickness, in spite of her infirmity. And one day while she came to church with her infirmity, that day Jesus showed up and that day Jesus delivered. And I'm telling you, one day you're gonna come to church and Jesus is gonna show up for you and you are gonna be pain free and you are gonna be delivered if you believe it this morning. Give the Lord a shout of praise in Jesus' Name, hallelujah. So when we talk about divine life, it's like um, people think that we say when people are suffering, 
They're not in God's will. It's not what we say. We say that suffering is not God's will. Not having a job is not God's will for your life. Because, I mean, God says, I know the thoughts I think toward you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So, so, so people have this attitude and they say, well, uh, some people, are, it's just their lot in life. Or it's, it's the deck of cards that life has dealt them, or the hand. Well, God also dealt His hand 2,000 years ago by putting His Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross to die, not only for your sin, but for your sickness and for your disease and for your sorrow and for your pain. He paid the price that you should have paid so you can be free today. Are you listening to me this morning in Jesus' Name? So second time we see Jesus says, I will come and I will heal Him. And this man understands how God's Kingdom operates. He doesn't operate by a principle of doubt. It operates by believing and acting on the Word of God. And he says, for I'm a man under authority, Verse 9, having soldiers under me and I say to one, go, and he goes to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and he said to those who followed, assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such grace, such faith, not even in Israel. Drop down to verse 13, and Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, and as you believed, so let it be done for you. As you believed, so let it be done for you. You know, if, if we don't know God's will, our faith cannot operate. When we come to God, we cannot come in neutral. So I'm, I'm, I'm pausing a little bit and I have to go slow. Hosea 4 verse 6, the Bible says, My people perish for lack of knowledge. We have to clarify in our minds what is God's will regarding my situation. Not what that priest says or what that reverend says or what that Sangoma says or what my mother says or what my father says or what my past experiences say. What does the Bible say regarding God's will for you and your future? Because when you know God's will, you will experience God's power by faith. So, you hear people, when a pastor talks about God's will, is healing, and then they say, I don't believe it. Good for you. It's never going to happen for you. What determines what you believe? If the Word of God is exalted above the name of God, and God Himself has to obey and submit to His Word, and yeah, Jesus demonstrates the power of God's Word. One of the ways that God heals and delivers you, He speaks the Word. And that centurion understands that the Word has so much authority, if Jesus says one word, it's enough. So when He leaves, Jesus said, as you believed, so be it unto you. So the leper comes, he knows that Jesus can, but he doesn't know if Jesus wants to. We've been so messed up by religion and by doctrine when people suffer, then people have this religious statement and they say to them, well, maybe it's the will of God. Well, then respectfully, doctor, you better find out if God's will is for that man to live or die. 
Because if you are doing everything in your power to save him and God's will for him is to die, you are working against the will of God. Amen? You cannot work against God's will. You have to work with God's will. So you have to establish what is God's will in my situation, my business, my career, my family, my children, my job, my relationships, my emotions. What is God's will? So when we start baptizing people again next Sunday night, especially our young people, you have to make up your mind. What is God's will for your life? That you're not gonna live with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. You are gonna run for God flat out. Come on, if you've been ready to be radical for God, young person, jump to your feet and shout Amen and give Him a praise. Hallelujah. So Jesus says, go your way and as you believed, let it be done to you. And His servant was healed the same hour. Now Jesus had coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with fever. So what did he do? He touched her and the fever left her and she arose and served them. I think some wives need to be touched <laughs> so they can serve their husbands, amen. <laughs> And when evening had come, one day in the life of Jesus, they brought to Him many who were demon-possessed. And He cast out the spirits with a word and He healed all who were sick. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, He Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now again, if somebody carried something on your behalf, you don't have to carry it. If I call Pastor Jack and I say, take this Bible, come here quickly, please. Uh, simple illustration. And I say, just carry it to Simba. Where's the Bible? Where's the Bible? Simba the lion. He is a lion, amen. Like, you, you, you must begin to sing as well. You must not be muzzled. He's got a voice, I believe it, I know it. He's got a prophetic anointing upon his life. You need to give to unmuzzle him. Let him sing, okay. You're not taking my Bible. <laughs> you can take the anointing that's on it. So, give back my Bible. So if Jesus carried it, He bore it, I don't have to carry it. That's the work of grace. We're gonna talk about it a little bit because we have to establish what is God's will. We have to clarify, I'll say it again and again and again, because faith can only operate when you have clarified the will of God. And you clarify God's will in one place, in the Word of God, which is twofold. Jesus Christ who is the Word and then the Logos, the Word that has been given to us. A covenant, a testament. When somebody dies, they leave a will. Now Jesus died and He left us a will 
and He signed that will in His blood. The challenge is people don't know the will. It's like your father is a very wealthy man, he dies and you never go to the attorney and he's the advocate, he's the mediator of the covenant and you never go to find out what's in the will. So you live in poverty all the days of your life because you never found out that your dad left you a house and your dad left you a car and your dad left you five million rand. And even if you know the will, you still have to go occupy the will. You still have to go uh, get the squatter out of your house. You still have to go draw the money from the bank. You still have to access what has been left behind. So the Bible says in Hebrews 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. So if Jesus, if His will was in Matthew chapter 8, three times we see that when the leper comes, He says, I am willing. When the centurion comes, He says, I will. When He enters Peter's mother's house, mother-in-law, don't know why I did it. It's not always a good idea to heal your mother-in-law, amen. No, I will reverse that. Some mother-in-laws need a lot of healing. Bring them to church. Let's pray for them. Like Jesus laid hands on her and let's just get that fever out of her. That fever of interference. That fever of shifting your furniture around when you're not there. Uh, people are funny. I told my mother and my mother-in-law very quickly, you don't touch our furniture, thank you. And then in the evening, one day, they brought to him many that were sick and he did what? He healed all of them. Why? That it might be fulfilled, which was prophesied by Isaiah, himself will bear our infirmities and, our, and carry our sicknesses. So when we have to understand, firstly, who Jesus is. Is He still the same risen Jesus? Does He still have the power? I think we've answered that, right? The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us and that His resurrection power is available. But I've also told you, the image you have in God, of God is the most important image you can have because everything emanates from how you perceive God. What you believe about God. If you had a bad daddy, your heavenly father is not a bad daddy. He's a good God. If you had a father who abandoned you, your heavenly father will never abandon you. If you had a father who was a drunkard, your heavenly father is not a drunkard, but he's gonna get you a drunk on the wine of the Holy Ghost and he's gonna fill you with joy and he's gonna fill you with glory. He's gonna lift you up. If you had a father who never believed in you, you have a heavenly father that believes in you. If you had a father who never cheered you on, you have a heavenly father that's gonna cheer you on. If you never had a father who lifted you, you're gonna have a father in heaven that's gonna lift you every time you fall and he's gonna take you places you never thought possible because he is your father. And he sent his son 2000 years ago to die for you because of the love that he has for you. Now listen, listen. It's like people read the will, but they don't understand the will. Or, 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 or maybe a greater reality is people don't know the will. So what is God's will? How do we know what God's will is? It's not 
the watered-down version that people now study at Stellenbosch. The theological school, what now studies are made, is come to tour. What all is on theological students learn than the word, other than the word. Philosophies, they don't teach you nothing. I mean, we are affiliated to the University of Pretoria and our pastors have to train and study some of that rubbish because some of it is absolute rubbish that helps absolutely nobody. Like some of you, whatever degree you study, half of it is rubbish. You never apply it, you never use it. Let's just be honest. I mean, if I wanna, if I wanna study as a doctor, then teach me to be a doctor. Don't come and talk to me about something else. Teach me how to be a doctor practically. Amen? Can I have an amen from somebody? So, so people get so confused because they don't read the Bible as if God meant what He said. So they interpret the Bible through their time, through their culture, through their tradition. And that means you are saying that Jesus is not the same, which violates what the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, Emmanuel born is God with us. In John chapter 14, Philip has this conversation with Jesus. First Hebrews 1, the Bible says that he is, Jesus is the express glory, the brightness of His glory and the express image of God. So Jesus, listen, Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus said, He that has seen me has seen my Father. Not me, Jesus. So if I wanna know what the will of God is, I have to go study what Jesus did while He walked on this earth. And then I have to understand what Jesus did when He died on the cross. Redemption, eternal redemption. Salvation, both those words do not just refer to you getting to heaven. They are words that deal with every aspect of your life, your spirit, your soul, which is your will, your emotion, your intellect, your soul, all three areas. A lot of people have emotional problems. I don't criticize you. And I'm not saying if you're on antidepressants, it's wrong. No, it's your pathway to healing but you don't wanna stay on antidepressants for 500 years. You wanna use medicine in faith and go to a doctor that's a born again Christian, a tongue talking believer that will help you find your pathway to healing and deliverance. Come on, you can clap better than that. In John chapter 14, Jesus talking in verse 9, He says to Philip, Philip saying, show me the Father. He says, have I been with you so long and you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me, He does the works. What works? (laughs) Is there one sick person in the Bible, and we're not just talking about bodily healing, that came to Jesus asking for help 
And Jesus told that person, no, this is God's plan for you to suffer. Find me that Scripture. Even when Ezekiel, or not Ezekiel, Hezekiah sinned against God and he cried out to God and God said, okay, I've heard you because you've praised me after I've given you a death sentence. I'll give you another 15 years. What did Isaiah say to Ezekiel to do? Go boil a fig leaf and put it on the boil and you'll be healed. Talks about medicine. So when, when, when you face a challenge, emotional, physical, mental, relational, what do you need? Please think with me. What do you need? What does the Bible tell us to do? James chapter one, to pray for what? Wisdom. If you go in a tribulation, you pray for wisdom. Wisdom is what? The ability to know what to do to get out of my situation. Not the ability to grin it and bear it. How am I gonna get out? Might be a miracle instant, might be three months, might be 25 years like Abram, I don't know. Might be 18 years like that woman with a spur of infirmity, I don't know. But there's always a way because Jesus is the way maker. Jesus is the miracle worker, come on. Jesus is the life giver, come on. So there's light on the other side of the tunnel. There's hope for you in Jesus' Name. If you make up your mind, this is what God wants for you. This is God's will for you. Amen. So He says, Jesus says, believe me in verse 11, John chapter 14, believe me that I'm in my Father and the Father in me. Or else believe me, listen, believe me for the works themselves. What works? What works did Jesus do? What harm did Jesus do to any person? With that man born blind in John chapter nine, the disciples had a discussion and say, who sinned, this man or his parents? Like people say, generational curse. Now my brother, when you're in Christ, the curse is broken. When you're in Christ, you have been blessed. You have to know it, you have to believe it, and you have to walk in it and refuse to believe that Satan has any power over your life any longer. Because whom the Son has set free is free indeed. So the works Jesus did in Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with, say it, power. Who went about, what did He do? Who went about? Achtinomon. Who went about? Jesus went about. He fed the poor. He, he, he stood for social justice. He healed the sick. He cast out devils. The one widow, when the son died, because that was the only person who, who, who provided in the house, Jesus raised the boy back to life because He cared about her livelihood. So don't ever tell me that God doesn't care. Don't ever tell me God is double-minded. Don't ever tell me that God doesn't have a way out of your situation. Don't ever tell me that God cannot sustain you in the fire. 
Don't ever tell me that God's intention towards you is evil or that God is the one holding out on you or that God doesn't want to vindicate you or bless you or get you out of the lion's den. Don't ever tell me that God is not a good God for the Lord is good and His mercies endure forever. As the Psalmist says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle. So Jesus went about doing good, healing all that was oppressed by the devil. So although God works, like that man in John chapter 9 that was born blind, and the disciples who sent Jesus said neither, but that the works of God should be manifest, or so that the glory of God could be revealed. So God is glorified in all circumstances. We glorify God in the good times, bad times, the lean times, the abundant times, because we rely on His grace, but we don't settle in a place of defeat. We do not settle in a place of not having the victory that God promised us. We do not settle. We keep standing on the Word of God that my daughter is gonna come back to Christ, that my father is gonna break that addiction of alcohol, that something good is gonna happen. We keep on believing and we keep on praying because for God's will to be activated, you have to believe. Therefore, we have to know what God's will is. And the Bible says in the book of Peter that God is not willing that any should perish. So I want to establish one thing and, and we're going to look tonight. I know many of you don't come to church twice on a Sunday. Um, if you can't come to church, then watch on social media or you, you, you must get the word in you. Are, you. are you listening to me? There's going to be no faith without this. I'm sorry, you can't buy it in pick and pay. You can't pray for it. You can't pray for faith. The Bible says you live by faith. The Bible says you walk by faith. And if you treat this like a menu, your life will be like a menu. If you treat this by the way, your life, your prayer life, your breakthroughs will be by the way. This is God's will. This book you should know better than any book that you've ever read. You should know the will. That's why you need to come to church and you need to listen to spiritual music. Nee, musiek wat jou leven gaan laat swaai nie. Die musiek bou niks in jou nie. In teendeel, die musiek wat jou terug na die plek waar die Heere jou van uitgebring het. Want jy hoor die likkie, daar gaan jou gedagtes na plek waar die Heere jou van verlos het. We're going to talk about it when we rebaptize people, not legalistically. Some of you have to part with the world. You have to leave Egypt. You have to stop being like Lot's wife and look back at Egypt every now and again or look back at Sodom and Gomorrah every now and again and think it is better and talk about those days as the good old days. Those days, there was nothing good about it. Nothing. 
nothing. I said nothing. I said nothing. I said nothing. Nothing. There was nothing good in those old days. Nothing. 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 If it didn't help you then, why will it help you now? That didn't bring you closer to Jesus. This will. And this will build your faith. This will build your character. This will get your prayers answered because you will know what the will of God is. John 15 verse seven. If you ask, if my word abides in you and you abide in me, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done. 1 John 5, 14, 15. And this is the confidence we have. If we ask anything according to His will, we know that He hears us. And if we know God hears us, we know we have the petitions we desire. Because there's no room for doubt. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Because a doubter goes without. You doubt, you go without. James chapter 1 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man suppose he will receive anything of the Lord. So when you pray, pray in faith, without doubting. For he that doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind, tossed to and fro. Let not that man suppose he will receive anything of the Lord. So what is the basis of your faith? My brother, 2,000 years later, you people that want a modern version of Christianity, this American, certain things that blow over where the Word is not the foundation of the church and Jesus is not the centre. Everything is cool, everything is hip, everything is hype. There's no glory because God works with His Word. Listen. When the disciples honoured the Word, God worked with them. Go read it. And the Lord worked with them. Doing what? Confirming the Word. So when the Word is present, because God watches over the Word, His Word, not your Word. Not your sentiment, not, not your emotion, not your tantrum, not your anger. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. But this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou, you, will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. This is the words of life. This is the will of God. This is the testament. This is what was signed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And believers don't know the will because they don't take time to read the will. So they don't live in the benefits of the will. They run around looking for a miracle. Which, by the way, and I have to leave, Johannesburg is waiting. When Jesus performed the miracle with the one man, he, with a withered hand, spoke about it last Sunday night. He said, go and sin no more or else the worst thing comes upon you. And then Jesus spoke and He said, when I deliver you and the house is not filled, seven more vicious devils will come and live in you. It's not something you play. This is something you live. And this is what you live by. 
And that's why church can never be optional. Ever. Come Sunday, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I was glad when they said, let us go. I'm talking to the converted. Let us go to the house of the Lord. So I have to go. I'm sure I'm going to change the time in Johannesburg so I can spend more time here because I want to start praying for people, not just in the evenings. I want to establish a, a, you know, prayer can, the Bible says uh, for sick people and the prayer of faith will save the sick. But I've learned you need, you need believing hands on believing heads. You don't need believing hands on empty heads because nothing happens. So I first have to establish the basis of your faith and the basis of your hunger before I can do anything. What is it that you believe? Stop talking to your cousin who is backslidden. Stop talking to Uncle Fred who looks like Fred Bassett. And read the Word. Read the Word and believe it and act on it. And watch what God is going to do for you. There's no quick fix here. You understand this? Huh? You don't say one prayer and you never have to work again. You don't say one prayer and you never have to use your faith again. We walk by faith. We live by faith. We approach God by faith. We get victory through faith. We please God by faith. This is it. This is it. As a Christian, this is it. Not radio drive. Not sucky sucky, sucky sucky. Not saying you can't listen to some other music, but if you come to my house, you'll never hear other music, ever. I listen to the gospel, that's all I listen to. Listen to the Word, people singing the Word. The Word, the Word, the Word, the Word. It's not religion. You want what God has for you? You better know this. Can't be neutral. This is the mirror. This is where I go appear and I see, gee, this is not really God's will. And that doesn't mean I feel condemned. The Bible says, he that looks into the perfect law, 1 James chapter 5 of liberty, looks into it and continues in it. This one will be blessed in all that he does. Wrong scripture. It's much further down than that. So it's, it's not in my sermon. He that looks into the perfect law, the law that brings what? Liberty. And continues in it. And he's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer. This one will be blessed. And I want to say to you today on TBN, TBN Year 2, Praise TV, One Gospel, people watching in India, in Russia, all over the world. God loves you. And God's will 2,000 years ago was that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. God has life in mind with you. But that life is in the person of Jesus Christ. You have to choose Him and you have to accept Him and you have to invite Him into your life. You can do it today. Put your hand on your heart there in TV land and say it today. Say, Jesus, come live in my heart. Be my Lord be my Saviour, I give myself back to You. Amen. God bless you. Give them a big hand clap, come on. 
We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.